She is a delight. My mom is a delight. There's just no As doubt about that. As I was saying that. that, I was wondering how, how like creepy that would sound. No. But no, you I, knew where that was coming from. So yeah. I, I, I like I, that video. I, I like personal JD. I like a little personal JD. I yeah. like it. Listen, uh, that is the perfect line. If you're going to compliment someone's mom, is a delight? That's nice. Yes. You know, if you showed up in my kitchen, you know, at 2 a.m. and you started drinking orange juice out of the fridge and you were like, your mom is a delight. Then I would throw hands. But, you know, over the phone, just a friendly conversation amongst friends in the context of yes. my mother was in town for a baseball game. It's it's the perfect, perfect compliment. And I'm, she will be thrilled to have heard it. So I'm jumping right in this, brother. One is actually, I should say, you know, part of the reason why we're doing this is every single time soccer news happens, you know who is blows up my phone immediately? Ariel Hawani. No. Oh, Ariel oh I didn't think it was me. No, it was, it's not you. I blow up your phone. That's, this is the chain. <laughs> no, this is the chain. Hawani texts me. He asks me a soccer question. I tell him that I will reach out to someone who knows more than I do. And thus is the chain. There is the connection. So I have to give Ariel Hawani associate producer credits for this because he is always on my ass about get Sid, get Sid, get Sid. And I go, I try. Sometimes I try. But yes, he is the AP of all of this. And so the text uh, that started this conversation today is Hawani texts me a Twitter I don't know. I think it was Josh Cloak, actually. It was Josh Cloak's report that John Herdman was leaving Canada soccer and he was heading over to TFC. And I had a few feelings about it, but then I asked, you know, you of who they were going to replace. And I said, yeah, you know what? Let's just save this and make a podcast. Let's start with this. Why, why do you think this happened now? Um, well, a couple of things. Shout out Ariel Helwani, yeah. one of my all-time favorite just people. Yeah. The I was going to say broadcasters, journalists, that's nah, people. And also shout out the work that Cloak has been doing at The Athletic, because that article he had yesterday was a doozy uh-huh. on the inner workings of Herdman's the Herdman final days. It's always ominous to say final days, but it was really interesting. Um, I think now, you know, I, I think we're overthinking it. There's a very simple reason why now was the time. And when I heard this news, I said to myself, Herdman is not long for this. Because mm-hmm. we, re- we remember his soliloquy after the Nations League final against the States in Vegas. Wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Wasn't pretty. And Jason DeVos, the CSA, was like eight feet away, mm-hmm. listening to the entire presser about support, about being serious. The second Canada soccer didn't schedule games for our men's program for next month, it was over, mm-hmm. over. That no, th- th- look no further than that, because you know who doesn't schedule games when there's an international window? Nobody. I'm pretty sure Latvia's national team have games scheduled for next month. They better. Now they may. I think there's European qualifiers happening, so they do anyway. But you know my point. Yeah. There are people 50 points below Canada in the FIFA rankings. Mm-hmm. And I normally wipe my rear end with those rankings. But there, there are teams 50 points below who have legit games next month. And we don't. Mm-hmm. In my life, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. And it, for a team loading up to host a World Cup in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. 
I've never seen that. So I am 100% convinced the second the CSA told John Herdman, you know what? We couldn't book South Korea. Mm-hmm. That game over. John Herdman politically is a fairly savvy individual. Mm-hmm. And he knows full well when it's time to jump ship. And if I were him, I would have done the exact same thing. You, with a straight face, you're going to tell me we're getting ready for a World Cup. Mm -hmm. And we can't even lock in Saudi Arabia? We can't can't do that? Like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. I I think that was it. I think this this was the now, because if it wasn't TFC, some... Somebody would have stepped up. Okay. I'm convinced. I, I, it didn't have to be TFC. It could have been a, a championship English side. It could have been a lot of places. But he was leaving the second he heard that news. That is that is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen come out of Canada soccer. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and if I, mean, I would have done the exact same thing. Okay. Exact same thing. So th- this was my range of emotions, right? Because I'll, I'll admit that I've been, I've been frustrated with Herdman for a while. And... Yeah, I, I think that basically since the World Cup, since the first game uh, and the comments that were made afterwards, his his PR has taken a hit in this country. The way that he handled his negotiations with Canada soccer and the whole weirdness of the New Zealand stuff that ended up coming out. And you were like, what, what the hell is happening here? Um, some of the tactical decisions that he's made in some of these games. People have, have started to question him. Even, uh, you know, the serious comments... I thought were bold um, and that they were kind of interesting, but even some of the language that he was using when talking about the program already seemed like he was distancing himself. You know what I'm saying? Like the language that he would use and it just, it wasn't great. So I don't think that Herdman's stock was extremely high amongst Canadian soccer fans, despite it being through the roof as early as them heading to the world cup. So my initial thought is, you know what, who cares? Good riddance. Goodbye. Who needs John Herdman? It's probably time for a change. Anyways, Canada soccer needs to take that next step. And then over the course of like 24 hours and reading that same piece and really kind of digesting all of it and hearing from you about what the replacements might look like, I started to think, wait, did we pick the wrong villain here? Uh, isn't it the, the bad guys all along, the, the bankrupt group, the guys who signed a deal without having their players acknowledge it, the group that the women's team held out on, the group that didn't get their act together to even get new kits for the World Cup that everyone's been complaining about now for years and years and years and seeing this guy leave after he says get serious and then bails on you? Like, I'm not trying to paint this overly bleak, Sid, but it kind of feels really bad given that they were this close to a World Cup for Canada that they had this cycle and it feels this dysfunctional at the top. That maybe we shouldn't be looking at John Herbman, that this is a bit of a, what is it, a bit of a red herring narrative-wise. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the hair. The uh, the John Herdman is uh, is an awful human being narrative. Like I don't, I don't, I like you. <laughs> look, do I agree with all the tactical things that went on in that World Cup and after? No, mm-hmm. I believe I, I I believe I said to you on air, you better find a position for Alfonso Davies. Yeah, right now, you did. because they came in. He treated Davies. Like a like a like a nineteen year old squad player who they're just kind of given a look at. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't agree with that at all. You play that guy up front because no one else does, so you keep him happy. Just some idiocy went on there, but um, I I don't I still don't believe this is the right move. 
for Canada. Like, there's no way this helps. I've, I'm, I've heard the narrative attempt to be strung together that this actually could work out for Canada soccer. Mm. BS. Mm. That is BS. That, the candidates, the soccer spin in this country is disgusting. It's disgusting. I don't work for Canada soccer, and I don't work for Canada soccer business. By the way, somebody from Canada soccer business, J.D., Mm-hmm. came up to me at the King's Plate. I'm not going to say who, but somebody very well connected with Canada Soccer Business came up to me and said, we need to go to lunch. You're a little misinformed. That's a good way to, to start a conversation. I, yeah. No, but like I knew, I knew what was happening here. Uh-huh. And my reply was, I feel pretty informed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I'd love to go to lunch. Yeah. Is I'd love to him? go to lunch. Yeah, oh, he's buying. Yeah. Canada Soccer Business, those marketing rights, you better believe they're buying. <laughs> you better believe they're buying. They're not paying a coach for that. Uh-huh. The, the narrative that this is good for Canada, Canada went to a World Cup. Mm-hmm. I can't swear on this pod, can I? No, you can. We'll bleep it. Austin, do your job. We went to a f-ing World Cup. Yeah. And I got people, friends of mine in the media in this country who are being fed narratives and digesting them that this isn't too bad. Mm-hmm. This guy changed everything. And by the way, he got to that World Cup. Davies missed half of it. He still got to a World Cup and won the qualifying group. Mm-hmm. This is madness. J.D., this is madness. Canada soccer and Canada soccer business are not the only problem. Mm-hmm. There's not enough people in the media who speak the truth because not everyone in the media isn't beholden to paychecks to all parties involved. I'm one of the few guys out there that eats his own dinner. And I know exactly what this is. This is one of the biggest sporting disgraces what's gone on in six months or longer that you can ever see. Mm-hmm. We're screwed. We were just in a World Cup, and the sec. You remember, you remember when Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, he did a bit where, like, he gave a kid a basketball and said, "Bounce it twenty times, I'll give you a hundred bucks." And then at eighteen, he kicked the ball away and laughed hysterically. Mm-hmm. I feel like the kid. I feel like we've been this close to this moment for for so long. And we finally get here, and somebody kicked the ball away. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. And we have people in the media who are trying to pass this off like a guy in the CPL is going gonna, is gonna to lead them to the knockout stage in 2026. What yeah. the hell are we talking about? What are we talking about? I, I'm, I'm disgusted all around yeah. at what I'm seeing and hearing. So there is a lack of reality with, with soccer in this country right now. Yep. Criminal acts have taken place and we're acting like some new coach is just going to fix it. Okay. So give me a break. I, I think that we know that I'm not on the take from Canada soccer. <laughs> that I know that. I, I know that. Here's the thing. You know why you know that they are not aware of who I am. They, they do not know who I You'd am. You'd be surprised. Maybe, You'd be surprised. I was going to say, maybe they're like, wait, the guy who took his shirt off at the Jamaica game? Okay, yeah, that guy? Uh, we're, not, we're not too concerned. We're, we're, not, we're not too concerned. Uh, yeah, the guy, yeah. Uh, how many Bud Lights did he have at that game? Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, pass. Next, next person in the line, please. 
my my thought on Herdman was not that hey, some guy from the CPL was going to come in here and be better than him, or that necessarily this was going to be a good thing. But I did think it stood to reason, especially like, I remember listening to uh, like KJ's rant after, what was it, the Nations League game? About the preparation yeah. of the group. The, the USA game. Yeah, yeah the USA game. Uh, the preparation of the group, and this had been kind of becoming a bit of a theme with them, and yes, some of the tactical stuff that had gone back to the World Cup. Like, do I know enough to say John Herdman is absolutely the worst or this is going to be the best thing? But I do think that if you were an optimist, you would have thought that, hey, this guy leaving could have meant somebody else coming in who might have been better tactically. Like we've seen this with coaches before and programs before where you've got the great motivator who is not also the great tactician. And then sometimes you need that pivot to that new coach that can get that next level out of a team. I, I guess the part that's really draining is that there doesn't appear to be any kind of, like, to use Herdman's language, seriousness to who this next coach is going to be. This is going to be, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to my feel is that it's going to be a yes man to the program who's on the cheap. Yes and yes. Yes. Because, because if they go the other way, if they actually, like, get $20 million a year and get Zinedine Zidane to coach Canada... Criminal acts have taken place. Like there needs it's to soccer, be an investigation. So I'm kind of down. It's, it's like you got to play the game. Like <laughs> criminal acts is the name of the game, baby. Let's go. Well, but okay. Well, tell our women and men's program have been fighting for deals for yeah. about the last 24 months. Yeah, yeah. That's, like that's where I'm, that's yeah, where I'm going with this. Like with a straight face, you cannot. You want to motivate the team. Yeah. Say there's no money. Yeah. Say you're flying next to next to. I love Brendan. What he said this yeah. on air the other day. Brendan Dunlop back home from the Nations League because you won't fly in first class. Mm-hmm. And then bring in a high-level coach? Mm-hmm. Are they serious? Yeah. That, that, to me, I might tap out. If they play games with our men's and women's program like that financially, but all of a sudden find money in the couch cushions mm-hmm. for, like, Fabio Capello, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a criminal act financially that's taken place. Mm-hmm. So... Like, yes, it's going to be a cheap coach. Yes, it's going to be a yes person. And no, Alfonso Davies, who's being coached by Thomas Tuchel, one of the best coaches in the world, may need to be proven by this guy that he knows what he's talking about. Or Jonathan David, if he goes to Arsenal or Tottenham or any of the other guys who are in Europe, in real leagues, doing real things. Like, this has been the problem with Canada for a long time. We've had top players in Europe for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. But we can't organize, like, a coffee order here, mm-hmm. let alone a program they want to be a part of. If we bring in, a, like, a bottom-of-the-barrel, with respect, a bottom-of-the-barrel guy, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, can, I can see us going back to the dark era where players just wouldn't come over. Dude, this is so Hamstring, guys. Sorry. Hamstring. Can't come. Yeah. It's just so, come. so depressing how quickly this shifted from – yeah, the elation. Find me a positive. KD, find me a positive. I can't. I can't. I can't give you the, I'll go down the road on negativity yeah. because I hate BS. Yeah. But normally I can miss a few positives. What am I missing here with Canada soccer? Help no, me. No, from from my vantage point, I, I can't see it. Like I, that that's what's so heartbreaking is that run that truly did capture a nation and felt like you know. And you and I had conversations, and it 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 was true. Canada's still very junior as a soccer nation. We're still very much learning the sport. We're still very much learning the international game. But there was real momentum there. And and it felt like something special was happening. And, yeah, you go back to that first game 
and the feeling of, holy crap, maybe maybe something is here against Belgium. You know, maybe something, maybe they are, they've got something happening that's even beyond our wildest dreams. And you started dreaming about the World Cup and the next cycle and developing younger players and recruiting players to this program and having something that was world-class and very serious. And yeah, leading into it, there was obviously... Again, this this comes with the territory of learning this stuff where it gets spun as greedy players, right? Just like it's going to be spun as a head coach who was dysfunctional or who's always looking to leave, whatever the narrative is that, you know, led to John Herdman's departure. But yeah, learning just how dysfunctional Canada soccer appears to be and what a weight it is around the hopes of ever having any change. Like if, if the change was not going to happen now in this cycle, part of me is a little broken about it saying, well, why, why would it ever, when would it ever? No, I agree with you. And I just like the more, the more I'm kind of talking it out with you, uh-huh. the narrative being spun around Herdman right now is really bothering me. Hmm. He, he pulled off a miracle. Okay. Yeah. A miracle. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in Canadian sports ever. And he yeah. did it. And he made guys buy in to a program that had always let them down. Now, maybe there were a few young guys in the program who hadn't experienced that yet. But Atiba Hutchinson was gone, man. He was gone. And he convinced him to come back. Like, what he built was magical. And, and okay, maybe the Herdman thing has a shelf life. Find me a coach or a manager anywhere mm-hmm. who doesn't have a shelf life. Like, I, I just, it, it's, and I think it, honestly, I think the media spinning going on, I think that's part of the problem, too. Mm. There's a lot of people carrying the mail for others. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough people in this country who are willing to tell it like it is. This is a, this is a horrible moment. Mm. Horrible moment. It's not like Bill Manning knows what he's doing at TFC. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did in 2017 in that era. Yeah. But he doesn't now. I, I just, I, this is not, I don't like the narrative with Herdman. That ho-hum will find another guy. Good luck. Well, again, I'm always Good down with the other guy. guy. I'm always down with the other guy as long as you point to me who the other guy is ahead of time and you point to me who's reasonable, who's realistic, and why that person is going to be better. And, and that's what I'm saying is I, 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 I hear what you're saying about the Herdman narrative, and I, I do think that it's very – like it's, it's unfair to a degree how much some of the anger did shift to him. And, yeah, for casuals like me who were ripping him about being like, hey, why is the team not more prepared? Why is the team not this? Why are you not doing this? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I did think that they were kind of at this inflection point, especially after the way that the negotiations happened with Canada soccer, how it wasn't kind of a done deal of like, you need me more than I need you kind of, I don't know. It just, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. It just did. It, it left me feeling a little cold. And then to see no results afterwards, I was like, yeah, you know what? If you're going to usher somebody else in, I'm not going to be heartbroken about it. But yes, you're right. The way that this is being spun and the way that this happened, I think that we are, a lot of people are probably pointing the fingers at the wrong person. I just, the, the thing I'm looking at now is how do you think this is going to impact the players? Because you said it, if they hire a coach who's too expensive, it's going to piss them off because of the money they hire someone that's completely underwhelming. I can't imagine that they're going to be invigorated to play for that person. I saw the Davies. He just posted on Twitter. Good luck. Thank you for all you've done to the program. But yeah, how, yeah. What part of this now comes down to them is do, do they consult the Davies on guys they want? Like, 
How does this process work for them acquiring the next coach? And how involved would the players be? I mean, I... I don't think I don't know if the players are that involved if they can't pay anybody. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like Davies? Davies probably has four assistant coaches at Bayern Munich right now, who are better than any coach Canada's ever had in their human existence on the men's side. Mm-hmm. But you have to pay those people. Mm-hmm. You actually have to pony up. Like Bobby Smirniotis of Forge FC. Like I, I mean zero disrespect because he's been very successful, and that's the name you hear a lot. But, like, we're hosting a World Cup, man. Like, I, I, I really feel like everyone's kind of sleeping on how significant this is. The media this person's going to have to do, the obligations. Like, you have to, we can't schedule games right now. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get the team ready? Like, I just, I don't, I don't think people have grasped the size of this job. Like, getting an automatic bid was the easy part. Do we want to get embarrassed? Or are we going to be ready? And Herdman, all Herdman was doing was beating that drum, and people call him selfish for trying to cover himself and his ass on the back end. I have no problem with Herdman doing that. Mm. The more I'm learning about the internal workings of Canada's soccer, mm. I, I would be stunned if he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the leak with New Zealand, um, like I was kind of, it irked me at the time. Mm-hmm. But the more I look back on it, yeah, I'm good with it. I get it. I get it. Um, I don't think they're going to have, I don't think the player's going to have any input because their guys, you know, if, if Jonathan David knows someone in Lille or, or, or a Bayern Munich assistant, you know, for, for Davies or whoever, like you got to pay these people. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and like hosting Canada at home in a world cup might not be the pull you think it is with international coaches. And I love the notion that Canada soccer is being bombarded with interest from yeah. coaches from here, there. Dude, it's a slew of Bob Bradleys that are calling. Mm. Don't give me that. You think Zinedine Zidane's calling you? You think you, honestly, you think Antonio Conte's calling you? It's a joke. Mm. No, they're not calling you. This organization has well as established very well. Spending money's not really high on the priority list right now. And that's why Herdman said enough. Do you think TFC and fans... And I don't expect that to change. Do you think TFC fans are excited about this? Yes. Yeah? And they, and they should be, because he's a bit of a fixer. Hmm. Herdman's a bit of a fixer. There's no doubt about it. Like, I... Like, Bob, the, the Bob Bradley hire mm-hmm. with his son in the room is a fireable offense for Manning. Mm-hmm. Fireable offense. Well, that's the pushback now, you get from the real TFC fans as they say, well, if Manning's still there, does it really matter? Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. The one thing Herdman's shown an ability to do is to get established guys to buy it. Mm. And Bob Bradley and the Italian internationals on the team were oil and water. That's pretty obvious to whoever's watching that team play. So I think Herdman, I think it's very important to establish a relationship with Insigne and Bernadeschi, if they're still part of the team, because, you know, this, you know, this, this transfer window hasn't yielded a sale for either of those guys yet, so they might be kind of stuck with each other, mm. unless they want to go to Turkey or something like that. So making that relationship work is very important if you're a TFC supporter. Herdman, I think, could do that. 
Just give him his Urban vape back. Just give him his level vape. Guys. Let him vape on the plane. That's all he's asking to do is give him well, nicotine in abundance. That's all he's asking to do. Yeah, no, no. He wants the same endorsement. Yeah. He wants to vape here and yeah. there. There's a lot of there. There's a lot. Yeah. No There's practice. Lot. No practice and vaping seems to be the no, big sticking one point. Day, Wednesday's vape day. <laughs> yeah. No practice. Just yeah. give me three laps while you're vaping. Yeah. There we go. That's there my favorite sports story of the year so far is suspension for vaping on the plane. Is <laughs> It's so underrated <laughs> and so good that they're just like, because obviously they brought it up with him multiple times, right? They were like, dude, you've got to stop vaping on the plane. And he's like, okay, okay. And then they clearly he walked yeah. out of the bathroom and it just was a vape cloud when he walked out. They're like, we have to do something about this. And then he was pissed the entire time after and has not been the same player since. Just truly incredible oh. stuff. Like truly, truly unbelievable stuff. I would love, I would have paid good money to see that play out where 100%. they're like, you can't vape here. And yeah. he's like, almost a ditch. Yeah. What? What <laughs> yeah, that's when his English got the poorest, you know, like yeah, whenever yeah. there was conversations about vapes, he was like trying to ask them. Sorry, to t- I didn't know what you were telling me. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I have no idea My what you're talking about. Anyway. Yeah. No idea. I guess good luck to Herdman. And yeah, I think that there should be a little bit more thanks for the memories. And yeah, it's kind of dark days right now. It just feels really bleak. I just, yeah, I, I feel like I've had the wind knocked out of me with this program. And I I just, I kind of am reeling at just how quickly everything changed here, how quickly it went from, this is the literally the fit, my favorite thing in my life sports wise. Like I, I said, there's nothing that was comparing to Canada soccer. It was the thing that I was most looking forward to. All of a sudden, I'm looking forward to international windows. I'm asking when what next tournaments are. Like it was just the best. It was the best thing. The World Cup was invigorating. I was all I could think of during it too was wow, how crazy is this going to be when it's actually in the summer and we have this here and the team has players that we all know and it just a program we know. And now it's just, oof, it's spooky. And yeah, it hurts me. We're done on this. I want to spin it. After this, you get your choice of topic on one of the other big three stories in the city. And plus uh, some Sheldon Keefe with Sid Sixero. It's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up. Football's around the corner. The Blue Jays are a mess. And Canada basketball is actually like now taking... Canada soccer's ball and decided like, yeah, no, we're actually the ones that you want to love. Which one of those three things is really piquing your interest right now? I'm trying not to get too wrapped up into Canada's basketball because I've been let down before. I know. I said that today on my show. I was like, we, we got to be patient. I'm with you. I'm with you. And Debo, I said it to Debo Brown at breakfast television today. He looked at, he gave me the sternest look. He's like, do you not, have you forgotten how to love? Yeah, I know. And And you're like, you have loved so many times. It hurts. And lost. Yeah, yes. exactly. But I, you know, I'll say this, though. If you would have told me on, when, what are we taping this here? August 30th. If mm-hmm. you would have told me on August 30th that John Herdman would be in a better spot than, than John Schneider, I would not have believed you. I would not have believed you. But what's happening with this Jays team right now mm-hmm. is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. A team that avoided injuries all year. Mm-hmm. All year. And now are faced with just the karma gauntlet in their face every day. And Schneider is so – I hope he's not filling out lineup cards and calling plays. I hope the khakis are doing it because his reputation is, is going to be mud. This is a World Series winning staff. Mm-hmm. World Series winning. And they're not going to get close. They're not going to get close. I've rarely seen it in this city. Yeah, that bad. Where one side is carrying it, 
and the other side can barely put their pants on in the morning properly. Yeah. I, dude, Schneider, I hope Schneider, I hope someone else is calling the, these moves, sending, sending the slowest guy in the league home from third. I hope someone else is doing it no. because if it's him, he's lost his mind. He's lost his mind. And listen, he signed three years plus an option. Yeah. Why not feel comfortable? No. Atkins it, gave him that. Why not feel comfortable? I get it. But this team's a mess. Yeah. A mess. I, I don't see any way that they miss the playoffs and either of those guys is back. I, I think that. Really? really? Yeah. See, that's a funny thing you said. Really? Yeah. So who, who in Toronto sports recently lost their job besides Bob Bradley because yeah. of poor performance? Who? Well, I would say they fired Montoya last year. They, I think Nick Nurse was essentially fired. So there's been some guys that have been fired in the city. Montoya was above 500. Yeah. Nurse got him to a play-in game. Yeah. And and the only re- and Dubas is only not here anymore because Shanahan politically was 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 crapping his pants. Yeah. I'm like merit in this city is a strange thing. Strange thing. Like. Now you can't bring back Schneider if you miss, and you can't bring back the GM and let him have another run, another kick at the can. I don't think so. I just say, you know they the fans. They will. You know the fans though here, the fans and the fans, the Leaf fans, yeah. were screaming bloody murder. Everyone's back. Yeah. Who left? Who left? I mean Dubas. The, yeah. And and the, like, you're right. It could have it could have been very easily a complete run it back. But I do think that one of the stipulate. I think weirdly, had Dubas been back, I think he would have had to fire Keefe. And I think that with Dubas leaving, Keith became a guy that they were like, yeah, actually, we need to try to stabilize the ship. Like, I do think that there would have been some accountability in some form for the, the Leafs loss. I don't think that it would have been a full run back. I just like this is the weirdest thing. I said this today on the show. I cannot remember a team that has this much support as the Blue Jays that is despised the way that they are by the fan base. Like they're selling out. Every single night, the stadium is packed. People are watching these games. They've been dying to believe in something. They've been mostly keeping their mouth shut about things because baseball will make you feel dumb. And so you go, the runners in scoring position thing is so frustrating, but this has to normalize at some point, right? And basically from the very beginning, the Jays have showed us who they are, which is a team where the offense just has no guts. They have no jam. And yeah, they're poorly managed. Like it, it just, it is what it is at this point. They didn't do enough in the off season. Then they didn't do enough at the trade deadline. And, and I just... I, I don't know how you say to people, hey, the, the guys that were supposed to put the finishing touches around a, a, a competitor, this wasn't supposed to be a world, or sorry, this wasn't supposed to be a playoff team. This was supposed to be a World Series team. And if they don't make the playoffs and you handed over the car keys to a manager with no experience who is literally most famous for making a horrific decision in the playoffs a year ago and the finishing touches around your roster, um, yeah, made your offense as putrid as this, and it was just like plainly obvious from the very beginning where you took Dalton Varsho and you started him this year in the cleanup spot despite him having a career OPS that never looked anything like that was going to be the case. Yeah, I just, I feel like you have to have a change. This is year nine with these guys. Like, there's got to be some accountability at some point. I do feel like th- that jobs are on the line here down the stretch run. I, I really do. I ha- Sit, guess what? I have to because I, I don't know how... I, I don't know how I would feel any other way. <laughs> I just don't. Okay, well, if you're, but think about it though, because you know how smooth Shapiro is. Yeah. So they missed He's the not playoffs going anywhere, by, unless he by wants four to leave. Games. No, because he signed the the contracts for yeah. the construction this winter. He yeah. has to stick around yeah. for the lower bowl. No, he's here. Um, Which I can't wait for, by the way. Lower bowl, yeah. I'm hey, turn the seats closer to yeah. home plate. I'm in. I know. Little fancy club um, for you to go down to and drink in when the Blue Jays go down two runs and you know that they cannot come back. 
No, I'm not doing the fancy club. Yeah. Can't do the fancy club. I get claustrophobic looking at the other fancy clubs below yeah, I know. the surface. That's, that's weird. I don't know who those I are for. Yeah. Never do that, ever. No. I, I don't understand that. No. But at the end of the day, though, I could see a scenario where Shapiro talks to our superiors at Rogers and, and says, so the ratings are good? Check. Place is full every night, basically? Check. Team was competitive. Let's say they even missed by like a game, two games. Check. I could see him making, like, there's a lot of things in that that executives like. Okay, you didn't make the playoffs, you didn't win the World Series. It's not the NHL where everyone gets in. You can make that argument. Like, the, the appetite to be competitive and to just have people show up in this city is way higher for executives than we know. Way higher. Ooh, you're making me feel bad because I just talked to JP Ricciardi a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of the things he mentioned is some organizations are just okay with being, you know, competitive. I can't remember what it being good enough is fine, or there. I wish I remembered exactly what the quote was, but it, it's essentially him saying exactly what you're talking about. I'm, dude. I'm that guy. Listen, JP. I I like JP a lot, mm-hmm. and he's seen some things in some big organizations, mm-hmm. and I believe it. Like, there are teams that are willing to throw caution to the wind, and there are teams where it's okay right now. And in every, everything you said about someone having to pay the price for this Jays season, if it goes even more south, I can't, I can't call you on any of those takes. But there is an element to what's going on here. In any other market, their hitting coach would have been gone by August 1st. Mm-hmm. Why not this one? Because everyone's protected. Uh, everyone's protected. I think you just start removing well, layers of protection when you start doing that, though, right? It starts to get a little desperate. And yeah, I like I. I I'm just like, you can't you can't get rid of Schneider. Yeah, Schneider's a. You might as well quit if you're thinking about dusting another manager that quickly. You might as well leave. They can't do it. Hmm. They literally can't do it. I think their hands are tied with Schneider. And I was one of the few guys out here who had the audacity after that meltdown against Seattle last season, to suggest, you know what, maybe three years plus an option to a guy who just choked like that, who hasn't coached a year in the big leagues at this level, in that role, maybe that's a bit much. And I had idiot after idiot after idiot on social media come after me and say, you don't know what you're talking about. I got receipts on everyone with this guy. And there there was four of us out there when he got hired to this contract who said it was bad. So every Jays fan who has an issue with this, eat it. Because you sit there and you said nothing about it. He had a good second half mm-hmm. when every team who gets a new coach has a good second half, and that's nothing new. And you decided to throw four years at the guy? You drunk? Four years at the guy? He doesn't, he doesn't know how many mound visits he has before going out to speak to Manoa. Mm. Oh, hold on. on. Hold on. Hold on. Breaking news. Breaking yeah, news. So. You saw it? Mm-hmm. You want to save this for the rest of your show, or you want to talk about this now? No, you can talk about it. Sheldon Keefe just signed an extension, multi-year deal. What What are we doing here? Uh, what are we doing here? I my point My point was just reinforced. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. I and I love you. Too. Know I love you because you're you're not afraid to say anything. Yeah. But what the hell is this, man? Yeah. So. My, he's getting out coached. He's getting out coached by Paul Maurice, who yeah. I thought hated hockey after he left Winnipeg. <laughs> hated the sport. Yeah, left. Yeah, 
I, I mean, he Go hasn't, ahead. What's your he hasn't, he hasn't ahead. outcoached anyone in any series that he's ever been a part of. Um, yeah. No, I, I got to tell you right now that uh, I have some, I like some things about Sheldon Keefe. I think that he is truly a tireless worker who is completely obsessed with the job. Um, I know people who have worked for him. I know people who work with him and he is meticulous in his detail to the point where He's the kind of guy where you, you know, you know, the type of person where you have to say, pick your battles to. And, and I think you and I are kind of like this, actually. So it's like uh, relatable in some regard where you have to say, like, you can't fight every single battle. You have to pick some. You, you got to. You, yeah, you got to restrain yourselves in some. Not everybody's on your level in terms of attention to detail and go, OK, I, I think he's one of those guys. I think he cares deeply. I think he's a passionate guy. But. Yeah, on a surface, I would say absolutely no extension for someone who has this resume, especially in this marketplace. Um, but I think that this is one of those things where you go, and it's the same thing with Schneider. You can't have coaches on year-to-year deals. Like, if the, if the culture here is supposed to be that people are pissed that the players have too much power, right? Isn't one of the things that you want to try to reinforce that this management group and this coaching staff is, is here to stay and that they're going to have power over you. If they, if you dog it and Sheldon Keefe is pissed at you and he holds you accountable, like that clip of him yelling at, it wasn't Galchenyuk. It was Jimmy VC, uh, Jimmy VC in the, yeah. In the, in the documentary that they put out a couple of years ago, I just don't think that you can go into a year with a brand new head coach who has little to no relationship with the current GM and who is clearly the guy of the former GM and say, you're coaching for your life and you're on a one-year deal, you're a complete lame duck, and these players, by the way, are also, you know, bending us over a barrel and taking everything that they want dollars and cents-wise. Yeah, I, I think that... It, I'm not saying that I totally agree with this. I'm just saying these are the optics to me off the cuff where I'm, I'm looking at it and saying, I, I can see what you're trying to do here. You're the parent who lo- knows they have no control over the kid, but... You're trying to, you're yelling, you know, or you're raising your voice or you're putting on your stern voice, even though the kid knows, yeah, ultimately there's nothing you can do. You can't hit me anymore. I'll call the police. <laughs> you know, that's the pair. That's the, that's the players. So I, I don't like lame duck coaches. I think that if you're a big boy organization, you're run by MLSE, you got a lot of money. You're not really supposed to care about what you pay a head coach. Like that shouldn't be top of mind. If you do want to replace them, I don't think that this impacts in my opinion, his long-term job career. If the Leafs get out of the gate and they're dead awful or the Leafs miss, uh, they, they lose in the first round again in the postseason, I, I still think that he could be a goner. This, this to me is, you know, optics and making a coach feel good about his standing and not have a worry about this. That's all this is. That's what it is to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how it feels right now. So based on that theory, and it's, mm-hmm. a, work, it's a good working theory, mm-hmm. you can't have your coach be lame duck, but you can have your GM. I think that they're trying to avoid repeating that same mistake. But Shel- but if Shel- okay, let's work through this. Yeah. Sheldon Keefe gets to a conference final. Yeah. Let's say and is out in five and then decides to leave. What are you what are you missing? Look, what are you missing? I don't think it's like that you're necessarily missing it although I hate, I hate like I'm defending this when I really am not a Keith guy. I'm just trying to play the other side of the coin. You're forcing me to be here when I'm just, I've been sorry. No, and especially since, you know, uh, I do think that there is an element of, 
anti-Toronto sentiment from some of the former players and coaches and the people that I know that will text me during some of these tournaments and games. It just is a thing. I, I think that some guys, even if they won't admit it, have a bias against Toronto because of all the attention it gets. And yeah, they, they just, they hate Toronto. But Sheldon Keefe, nothing lights up my phone with certain people like his decision-making in some of these playoff series. Let's just say that. And yeah, uh, if we're talking about John Herdman's tactics, you can apply the same criticisms from a lot of people who have played the game or coached the game. Um, but I digress. I, I think that what you're doing here again is with the lame duck GM, you knew you were at an inflection point with the franchise. And now what you're trying to do is say, we're entering a new period of more stability and we don't have anybody on the books. And you're trying to, again, you're trying to tell your players like, Hey, Matthews is here for the next five years. Um, we're going to try to get something done with Nylander. We're going to get something done with Marner. You're at least trying to do these things or potentially one of them's out the door. You're trying to show other people that your entire group is not just a mercenary team. Like as of stands right now, and, and this is just off the top of my head, but you've got uh, William Nylander, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Klingberg, your goaltender, uh, who am I missing? Well, Mark Giordano to a far lesser extent, but uh, like these are just the guys who are one-year deals. And this is an organization that normally lets people walk. They just had their GM, yeah, fired. He was fired, and it was in a pretty acrimonious way. I, I think what they're just trying to do here is steady the ship. They're just trying to go, hey, we've got our coach. He's going to be our coach for the next couple of years. We actually believe in him. We're not just keeping him because out of spite or because we couldn't find anyone better. We believe in this guy because that was the narrative around Keefe. The belief was, hey, uh, he probably would have been fired. Tree Living took his time with this thing. But, hey, same thing with Herdman. Who are you going to replace him with? It got to the point where you looked around the league, and the best option was Patrick Waugh. That was the best one that got presented to me. And I went, yeah, there's no way in hell that guy's leaving Quebec to go coach the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, that's just not going to be a thing. And so, yeah, I, I didn't think that there were any savory options. And so now you kind of spin it with your organization saying, we are a big boy organization. This guy will still be accountable if things go wrong. But as of today, we're stable. We believe in this guy. It's not just because he's the last man standing. He's going to be here. And the players got to listen to him because his job's not on the line. That's what they're saying to them from the optic standpoint. I get it. I get why they're doing this. Am I a fan of Keith? Do I believe that there was reason to fire him? Sure. Do I think that they probably could have done better at different points? Yeah. Um, do I think that, um, yeah, it, that if there were some coaches that didn't have the pass that they have, uh, that were just complete Toronto absolute no-goes in this market. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is the, this is the hand they're dealt right now. And this was the, I think this was the only way to proceed moving forward. You couldn't have him be a lame duck guy. Just in my opinion, I, I don't, I think you had to why, give him an extension. Why well, why can't you, how much time, how much more time we got? We got like five minutes. Why can't you let him be a, a lame duck coach? Why can't you let a guy who's won one playoff series yeah. while he's here prove himself? Like, why is that so taboo in this situation? Yeah. I don't understand the logic on that. Yeah. That, I, that, well, those, those are the reasons, I think, where it's like you have to show stability. You have to show a unified front in your front office. Well, you have I, to say that things are the coalescing. Reason, the reason, I think the reason they did, I don't think it's a coincidence this comes a week after Matthew signed. Mm-hmm. Neither do I. Austin, Austin Matthews with this coach is an MVP in this league and a Rocket Richard winner in this league. I mean, he better be next and essentially, year. And essentially with this coach has made $115 million. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence he got locked in a week later. If anyone had any misgivings as to who's actually calling the shots with this group, I think it's pretty obvious now. Because they sat on his deal all summer. 
They didn't seem too concerned about it. Mm. And a week after Austin Matthews gets signed, now he's locked up. We thought he was gone. Now he's locked up. Are you kidding? That's got. I, I think. I think thirty-four has a lot to do with this. And I'm not saying it. I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with Austin's logic. Listen, if you if you like if you're loyal to people you work for, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But when you look at the team, never mind playoff success, I can't wait for the first time Tyler Bertuzzi realizes he's not on the first line anymore because Coach Keith wants to try some new things. Mm. I'm looking forward to that interaction because that's the problem with this guy. By March 1st, he still doesn't have his line set. By March 1st, he's still trying to figure things out. Mm. By March, championship teams by March 1st are locked in and looking ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. And this guy's tinkering has not helped any situation. I don't think it's going to get so letting any. Him, letting him prove himself, I didn't think, was a terrible thought. Yeah. And for a team that hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 1967, I don't think it's a terrible thought for anybody. But that's not how Shanahan thinks. All right. Let's see how this one goes. Let's see how this one goes with Klingberg playing 20 minutes a night. Let's, let's see how that goes. Ooh, he better not be. So, I don't think he will. <laughs> let's see. Listen, good listen. I mean, listen. At, on the surface, as a person, I like Sheldon. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. But I don't see why this was important. I don't get it. I don't get it. And Brennan Shanahan is going to have a lot to answer for very, very soon. We got to do this more. We got to do this more often. My show's going back to two hours soon. I'll be back in the ten o'clock slot. So I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to catch you more often after your show. But this was too long. This was too long between hits. This was too good. This was great. Well, well, dude, well, dude how about this? And I know we're still technically recording, but yeah. if you're going back to 10, yeah. I'm down the street. I can pop in for the 11 hour if you want to do this once in a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, we'll absolutely no do that. We are absolutely going to do that. I would love to be doing that because this is great. I love this stuff, man. This is so good. Again, I even said today, I was like, oh, God, I, I missed some of the passion stuff people the heat you know this was good heat today Sid. thanks for doing this buddy solid heat yeah. see you brother see you, love you man later i get what Sid's saying about the lame duck coach and people's frustration with sheldon keith and the guy was almost gone and now he's back and especially in the light of john schneider where people go well wait is the guy that didn't have enough experience and he gave the deal to and you didn't want to make a lame duck and wouldn't you've rather been it's just to me this isn't how this is going to operate this couldn't operate this way could Matthews have had something to do with it? Probably. And would if he was asked, hey, do you want to keep your head coach? And he backed him up. Does anyone have a problem with that? If people want Austin Matthews back, should he be challenged by somebody else? Sure, maybe. That time will come. He's here for another five years. It's going to be all right. He'll have plenty of opportunity to potentially see a different coach if things go wrong. But I'll lay it out one more time. If you are Brendan Shanahan and you are Brad Treliving and you have had this offseason where – you had a divorce from an executive where other people in the building that were respected like Jason Spezza walked out immediately and went to Pittsburgh, where people wondered if they were going to take your head of scouting, where people wondered if they were going to take your assistant GM, where there was real belief that there was division amongst the ranks. I think it shows you a pretty good sign that Dubas's guy stays with the organization, that you wanted to keep him, that you think that a guy with the regular season track record that he's had, which is, again, I know it's the regular season, people are tired of it, but he's been great. His record has been phenomenal. And they're trying to get shots at the dance, and this is the modern-day NHL. I get frustrated with Keith, too. Listen, I, I do. I have been extremely frustrated with Keith. I thought he was a goner after that playoff series. I would have said, hey, what's the number one thing that's going to change with the Leafs? Well, Sheldon Keith. He just keeps proving that he's not a playoff coach. It's tough to have guys learn on the fly with teams that you want to win championships. 
But I think that there's a case from an organizational stability standpoint, the resume that Sheldon Keefe has actually put together, not having a lame duck coach a year after you had a lame duck GM, and that ultimately, this is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are not broke. This is in Canada soccer. They're not going to go cheap on a head coach. If they think that someone's better their next offseason and they've come up short again, I think they're going to pay and they're going to go out and get this guy. You know how I know that? Because they did it with Mike Babcock. He's the most expensive coach in hockey. And they said, bye-bye. Bye-bye. We will pay you. Bye-bye. So I think they'll do it with Sheldon Keefe. So I just, I'm not too worked up about it, honestly. I just, to me, this was an, inevit- an inevitability. Am I Sheldon Keefe's number one fan? No. But I know the guy works his ass off. I know the players respect him on this team. I know that he wins in the regular season. And I know that if he doesn't show results, that this organization has a history of firing coaches who have contract extensions, that it's not going to be an issue for them. And he's going to be the coach this year anyway. So any failings that end up happening, like it it doesn't change anything to me. This is just someone else's money. Well, it's actually kind of your money because you paid the tickets, but you get my point. It's a sunk cost for you. (laughs) You've already spent it. They already gone for money. Anyway, I got to run. This was a fun one today. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus. And I'll see you tomorrow.